0: Welcome to the Modern Yogi Podcast, Podcast. an exploration of ancient wisdom.
1: Hello, hello, everyone. Hello, welcome to episode number (laughs)
2: 627. We are so happy to be back together, back with you guys. We love what we do and love to have this platform to do it.
1: Yes, and so my name is Shama Sangeeta. My name is Priya Shani. And I am
2: Shamali, and we're the Modern Yogi Podcast. And this is what we sound like. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, these are our voices that match our names. That voice was Shamali. Yeah. This is... Shama <laughs> You forget That's your
0: name. forgot my name for a second. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
2: Um, um and yeah this is Prerashini. Yeah, right. So we are basically starting chapter 9 text 11 the most confidential knowledge. This is a beautiful beautiful section of the Gita. It's like the sweetest most intimate secret part, right? Yeah, I have a fun fact for listeners. What's the oh, fun, fun fact? fact?
0: If you haven't if we haven't said this before, there's a fun uh fact that my voice is the voice that goes mm-hmm. Modern yogi at the beginning of the episode.
2: Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Podcast, podcast, podcast. podcast, <laughs> podcast someone told me that it actually sounds like a robot. <laughs> and I was like, you it sounds you like a robot. It it like <laughs> 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 and you know, another fun fact didn't you say that you didn't put that on a loop or object? No, didn't I said it every it? time. Yeah, uh, you it was literally like, said podcast, it. Podcast, podcast. So oh like my you god. re-spoke <laughs> it a few hilarious. times. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you were going to go in the route of fun facts of the Gita, which one popped in my head as you said, fun mm-hmm. facts. Do you know? Because like we read the text, and then the purport is Srila Prabhupada's explanation. But do you know how long it actually lasted of Krishna speaking or singing Ooh. the whole poem of the Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna on the battlefield? How long? Take a guess. Oh my
0: god! Wait, 20 hours? Wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. It's like, are we being realistic, or is it like the days of Brahma's? Oh, no, no. This, is, we, this is real time. This is realistic. <laughs> <laughs> like realistic. <laughs> Human being real
1: time. Human being real time. Wait, so wait, 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 hold on. The question is how long did Krishna spend actually talking talking Gita? The Gita? speaking, speaking Gita. the Bhagavad Gita the Bhagavad and from we, start to finish?
2: Yeah. And when we say that, that only means the text. Because again, the purports for those listening, Prabhupada. that's to Prabhupada. Yeah, so yeah. that's literally just Krishna speaking the text. Krishna's not purporting Juna. himself. Yeah. yeah. Just so the he, verses. And, and this is, the Gita is a, a, like a poem. It's, it's like it's sung in a cadence of Sanskrit. So how long did it take? Did Abhiji show you the answer? No. No. I I was like, that's like my students. When I ask one, the person next to them kind of whispers it. And I'm like, I asked Roman, not Sally. (laughs) No,
0: actually, I was going to say there's one day a year, Gita Jayanti, in which they recite only the Sanskrit part Mm. and they go through the whole thing. And they go rather quickly. And I Ah, think Krishna takes longer than that. And it takes them. Hours. Like I think no, it's like, like three th- hours. More. Four hours? I think it's more. <laughs> I feel like it was like 12 hours. This my, that's no, my guess. I think have you been. Think to about Krishna JT celebration No, no, no. I'm saying think about Krishna saying it. Oh, she <laughs> would be like, like he'd, he'd be he's, emphasizing and yeah, like he's so gonna pause down a pause little bit and like you know, and and then act then it out.
1: Arjuna's gonna be like dramatic and be like, oh, okay exactly. you know, I'm gonna like, say 12 <laughs> hours,
0: but I feel like it's way more than that. Okay, I'm gonna say 20 hours. Wait, wait, don't tell us yet. Abhijit, what do you think?
2: I think it was maybe uh two hours. Okay. Okay, Abhij is more on the mark. <gasps> According to Keshav Swami, I heard that it took Krishna 45 minutes <gasps> oh to recite God. the Bhagavad no. Gita to what? Arjuna. That's one modern yogi episode. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, we're slow. That's such a funny comparison. Super, we're super slow. Wow, yeah. that's yeah. a super forty-five cool, minutes. Fun fact. I feel not like googling it to triple check, but I'm pretty a hundred percent sure it check. was forty-five minutes. I'll triple check and get back on the next episode. That's but for of, all intents and purposes, it was forty-five minutes. That's kind of wow because,
1: like, in my head, it was twenty, and I was envisioning all of these restless soldiers just looking at them be like oh when is this right.
2: over <laughs> right right but it yeah. was only 45 minutes 45 that's minutes not a long time not at all
0: i mean like think about talking <clears throat> to your friend about something that's <clears throat> happening in their lives they're they're 45 minutes like that's not a long time mm,
1: just but set of, up for this podcast that's just, so, just the, 45 minutes
0: pff, and we were talking
1: i know about everything <laughs> 45
2: yeah. minutes is the context and prelude to my real story before getting there <laughs> so yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow 45 minutes thanks for sharing that yeah, that's super that was cool a fun fact that, that was a is fun, fun fact
2: yeah we'll bring right. more fun facts the next time stay tuned so. uh yeah yeah whenever we come up with
0: <laughs> not, not pressure that you have to no, come I just up actually with one every time. only
2: remembered because there was a couple more he said that i'm going to read for the next episode oh, nice. so there awesome. are some other things of the gita yeah the gita cool. is one of those books the more you read it the more you gain from it like okay. priya's joke of the 19th chapter <laughs> yeah if you don't know what that is go listen to the previous episodes um anything else? I didn't for the, know either. The recap for um, sh- let's see. I mean, essentially, this is just the sweetest part of the Bhagavad Gita. She's if we divide Krishna. it into different sections, this chapter nine, especially, the most confidential knowledge, Krishna's really, really gonna start revealing more and more about himself.
0: Perfect. That's pretty much it. Yeah. All right.
2: Invocation, ladies, please. <clears throat> Oh my jnana jnana yena, shri
1: Translation, I was born in the darkest ignorance, and my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances onto them. Mm,
2: beautiful. Mm. Chapter
0: 9, text 11,
2: mm. Priyadarshini.
0: Fools deride me when I descend in the human form. Mm. They do not know my transcendental nature as the supreme lord of all that be.
2: Ooh, you know well, what's interesting about this text? We read about the Gita now and think, obviously Krishna's God. How can you not know that? But when Krishna was present at that time, the Gita was taking place, even not not everyone around him, <clears throat> most of those around him at that time didn't ex- ex- accept him. Huh, yeah. Can't speak, didn't yeah. accept him as Krishna as God as the supreme. Cool. Yeah.
0: One more time, Priya. Yeah, and then I'm going to tell you about Superman. Okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds so, good.
0: Fools deride me. Do we know what the word deride? I means? just looked it up. I had a feeling. Express contempt or ridicule. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Okay. Start so, again. fools express content or ridicule me when i descend in the human form they do not know my transcendental nature as the supreme lord of all that be
2: right it's interesting because when you see a human and then i want to hear about superman (laughs) oh i think i know where you're gonna go with this that's good that's good you should say that so (laughs) right krishna is able to conduct the whole creation the maintenance the destruction of the entire cosmos and yet people see him in this two-armed human form and think oh He's just one of us, whatever, because yeah. he's a, a regular schmo. He's a regular schmo is literally what they think. Do Duryodhana was like, who's this regular schmo in front of me reciting the Gita for 45 minutes? Anyway, and um, yeah, it's confirmed in the Brahma Samhita, which we've referenced before and sang the beautiful prayers from. It talks mm. all about his supreme lordship and his mm. qualities and yeah. What were you going to say about Superman?
0: No, I was just going to say like, it's kind of like Superman, uh, how he's Clark Kent to everyone else. But the thing that surprises me the most is that Superman, when he shows up as Superman, people are impressed and they're like, oh, you're not like us. But Krishna is saying that even when he shows up and he shows his powers and stuff, people are just like, no, you're an ordinary man. Mm. And that's wild. I cannot imagine seeing Mm. someone, I mean, all the things that Krishna has done, if you read the Krishna book. You hear stories about Krishna lifting a mountain, mm-hmm. or, or what are some other crazy things Krishna's done? Oh,
1: when he was a baby, uh, he killed the witch um, <laughs> that had poison on her breasts. And he was just a little baby. (laughs) Yes. And he did that. He was miraculously killed this demon witch. Who was trying to kill him.
2: He ate a little dirt and his mother said, open your mouth, Krishna. And when he opened his mouth, he revealed all the universes and cosmos in his mouth. And his mother was bewildered for a minute. But then because of her love, she went back to just seeing him as like, naughty child, I need to chastise you for eating dirt. Not good for
0: you. I wonder if part of it is that, right? Like part of it is that Krishna gives glimpses to his like pure devotees. and like Exactly. mm -hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then, these devotees are like, yeah, Krishna's amazing, but no one really understands the degree to which Krishna's amazing. Because if a mother's Mm. talking about her child, she's like, I saw the universe in his mouth. That sounds poetic. And almost like she just, you know, (laughs) she just loves him a lot. you know.
2: I was about to say Priya, I think I thought something similar when there's two different categories. His pure devotees who are overwhelmed with love that they forget his divine supremacy. And then those who are really just not on that level to Mm. be able to Mm -hmm. even see that. They don't see it. Krishna only revealed his Mm. universal form to Arjuna when he asked, like when there was a shift in the mood, Arjuna finally said, Krishna, I'm yours. Please show me that form. I'm I'm your disciple. We're going to get Krishna to that later it. in the Gita. Yeah, yep. later on. So basically, Krishna reveals that side of his yeah. grandeur to yeah. his deeper devotees, but he would never show Duryodhana that because it's like Duryodhana's not qualified. He hasn't. And, and there's so
0: many stories. That's the that's the hard part, right? Because you're thinking about like his whole life. Krishna's done all these amazing things, and like there's news. I know it's not the same as how it is now, but people talk. Right. Oh, Krishna did this and Krishna did that. But I feel like the reality is that when someone doesn't want to accept. Something they can be really stubborn and not accept. Exactly. Yeah. So then it's like, oh Krishna uh lifted a mountain. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like you right. You're, totally. you're right. Yep. There's no way a child did that. Or, you know, like all these stories. Yeah, right. Like, or that he's the
2: most powerful boy I've ever seen. And you might think, ah, oh, there's so many other powerful ones. Like exactly. Duryodhana's pride prevented him from thinking Krishna's the most powerful. He also thought, Psh, I'm powerful. I'm gonna win this battle. Not
0: only that, but he thought I'd rather get Krishna's whole army than Krishna. Yeah. Exactly,
2: right? exactly. So. he
1: kind
0: of lives this like
1: beautiful double life, right? can like Montana. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly who I was going to reference. I love, love it, love it. But you know, like this beautiful double life where he still plays the role of like a kid who's mm. just growing up, or just 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 Arjuna's charioteer. You know, you get just like the these, best reg, these regular both worlds. the regular roles, right? Um, and then it's interesting because like. People will see like, you know, when Krishna lifted Govardhan Hill, this entire massive hill that still exists in India today with yeah. his pinky finger, right? There was still people like living underneath that hill with him that saw this miracle happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you ever seen that movie, Men in Black? Men in Black? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, where the, he puts that little red thing and then they forget everything. The, the light, red, the light, the, the light, flashing. Light. Yeah. yeah. And I think that Krishna has that ability to like have people forget yeah. and they go back mm. to just living a normal life Because with
2: him. that, and that's the beautiful thing because he wants those deep intimate interactions, right? Mm. Like when someone's famous, the way one of their fans will view uh. them is different than how their intimate friends and family will view them. And you know, on a minor, minor scale with us now that people are starting to gain traction. It's oh so God. funny. No, because I have a little funny anecdote. I think I mentioned to you guys a bit ago that uh someone was one of the people listening was writing to us. And I guess they thought that they were writing to someone else. And then I sent a voice note back like, Oh, thank you so much, whatever for your support. And they responded like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just a little taken aback now. This is like the Shamali. And that's the first time <laughs> in my life I've heard someone say the Shamali. And like, right. I, I was having a whole moment. And right after that, my mom's was like, Shamle, come clean the kitchen. You left blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking, LOL. My family will never see me that way. That's cool. And you know, it's just the differences of proximities of closeness, yeah. you know? Yeah. So Krishna's intimate, point. intimate, Family and friends, he doesn't want them to see him in the mood of on reverence, yeah, that you makes know? Sense. So uh, while hearing the before your name is kind of like, whoa, <laughs> the supreme <laughs> personality of Godhead, he's like, right. I'm just Krishna. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then my and, sister's like, oh, you dummy. And I'm like, I'm home. This is cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you dummy. <laughs> um, and you know what's so interesting is that there's also multiple forms of Krishna that, that come in a human form, right? Like, totally. for instance, Lord <laughs> Buddha was a uh, avatar of Lord Krishna as well. How many, the how non-Indians, many
2: avatar. Do uh, you guys know how many thousands of years ago Buddha came? Ooh, Mm-mm. I'm not sure, but I can look it up. Okay, just because when you said that, it made me think it's so cool that in the Bhagavad Gita spoken, what, 5,000 years ago, they mentioned all the avatars that were going to come in decades in yugas ahead of them. So like meaning that they described what was going to happen in the future that really did happen, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. That's kind of really cool to think. Like they predicted that. They talked about Buddha coming to bring goodness. and But where were you going right, with Right, yes.
1: So like Lord Rama mm-hmm. was a human form of Lord Krishna, right? That's mm-hmm, an avatar right. of Lord Krishna. Buddha was also an avatar of Lord Krishna. And so what was crazy is that even in those different forms, people were trying to kill God. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's so many assassination attempts on Lord Buddha, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like people, no matter what, Form that Krishna comes in when he descends to Earth in this human form. There's people that are trying to; they're jealous of him, Mm -hmm. they are contemptuous to him, they try to ridicule him, and so he has to 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 transcend through that. But his pure devotees always know who he is. Mm -hmm. You know what
2: I mean? And that's kind of like the story of so many saintly people in this world who, like the life of Jesus Christ, you know. Yeah. People around him, his intimate followers, saw who he was and the spiritual potency he had, but. He essentially was put on the cross, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and they take it with such humility and, like, you know what, this is my path. I will I
0: achieve what I need to achieve, and I will right. let the rest be. And,
2: and and you know, it's interesting uh, talking about how great people. Um, like Dhirodhan couldn't accept Krishna's supremacy. And they might think there's so many other more powerful people, but there's a part in the purport that references that there are many Ishvara's or controllers, and one might appear greater than the other. So, and I like this, how Prabhupada broke it down here. He says in the ordinary management of affairs in this world, we have some officials or directors and above him, there's a secretary and above him, a minister and then above him a president, but each of them is a controller, but one is the controller of another. So in the Brahma Samhita, what we've referenced, it says that Krishna is the supreme controller. And although there are many controllers, undoubtedly, both in the material and spiritual world, Krishna is the supreme controller. And I remember talking about this with Giraj Swami, who's uh, one of the really elevated souls on our path of bhakti. A teacher. A a teacher, yeah. And And I told him something like that, like, there seems to be sometimes such... I don't know, confusion about who is really the Supreme. One says, this is the Supreme. Another says, no, that person's the Supreme or that being or whatever it is in both the material and spiritual realms. And I said, how can that be? How can there be such confusion? And he was saying, since the Vedas are such a vast body of knowledge, they might say so-and-so is the Supreme. But Girajah said that Prabhupada had said, sure, the governor is the highest position in the state, of the state is within the country and the president of the country is even higher so when they say so and so is supreme they might be talking about within that if we're talking about the material world what are you referencing that, like i'm thinking about um okay i'll go there for a second different let's say demigods you know uh but but that is different than saying different um like there's different degrees right so let's say lakshmi is actually uh, expansion of Radharani, for example. But within the the hierarchy of different supreme beings, then you have like, yes, they're the controller of that region. Right. Yeah. But but like
0: Indra is the controller of the sky,
2: the weather, the other.
0: Demigy- but then Krishna is yeah. the universe.
2: Right. So <laughs> that's why. So in, in some places of the Vedas, they might say so-and-so is the supreme of that region, they're not going to actually specify the hierarchy, but that's why there can be such confusion. And then, you know, okay, the governor is the highest in the state. That's true. Mm. But everyone knows the state is within a larger region of the country. So both gotcha. in material and spiritual realms, that's sometimes how it goes. Cause it might not explicitly say they are not the highest actually. they might say, yeah, they're the highest, but what are we talking about? Of the universe, of the cosmos or right. of that one region? I just think that can help reframe certain things
0: got it but basically krishna here is saying that he is the supreme but he's just acting like a man like yeah. a friend of arjuna's mm-hmm. a politician involved in the battle of kurukshetra right yeah. right a simple
2: charioteer yeah i love that yeah simple it's, charioteer it's really cool and Propad says okay how could he possibly, how can someone mistake Krishna for having a material body? Because a material body can't perform all those wonderful acts that have been described in the previous verses. Like his body is such ananda, which we've said is eternal, blissful, full of knowledge. And uh, they, he uses a word, uh, his body is called. Manusim, I think, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, because he is acting just like a man, a friend of Arjuna's, a politician involved in the battle of Kurukshetra. And so in so many ways, he's just like us, an ordinary man, but his body is actually sat-chid-ananda-vigraha, eternal bliss and knowledge absolute. So, I like that. Isn't that the ultimate flex, though, for God to be <laughs> God but not act like
1: He's acting like God? Right. You know what what, I mean? what
2: humility, no? What yeah. a beautiful
1: way to view like God. You know what I mean? It's like right. I use flex for our Gen Z listeners <laughs> there, but like that's I'm cool really, with the kids, right? I'm so cool with the kids. <laughs> um, but okay. that is a pretty cool flex, right? Where it's like I know that I'm God, and people who don't know I'm God that that I'm God are fools. But my pure devotees who know that I'm God. The, the, like I'm
2: gonna take care of you, you know? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, because in our path of bhakti, we like to think of ourselves as you shouldn't ever go straight to Krishna. We should be the servant of the servant of the servant. And that's actually the highest position. So Krishna's embodying what he wants of his devotees by like being Arjuna's charioteer. Let me be in the humble position of like you're giving me orders, Arjuna. You're telling me where to and go. And it's
0: it's like I think it's also like beyond humble and more so just about the relationship. Right, like closeness. If I think about like the lame version of like someone of a high position here in the material world, it would be like a celebrity, right? And like the most loved celebrities are very humble and kind. And for their friends, they would do something that they wouldn't otherwise in other circumstances. Like Oprah and Gail, right? Like you're
2: (laughs) gonna (laughs) have to explain that a little. Oprah
0: is loved by so many
1: people. I think she's super humble. I think she's given a lot of money to charity, whatnot. But her relationship with her best friend Gail is probably not. In that same mood, right? She, Gail can be like, "Hey, Oprah, get your butt here. We're going shopping." Like she can talk to her like that. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean right. because they have that close relationship. Right. That's the only fr- right. celebrity friendship that I can think about <laughs> <of that> right, <laughs> right now. <laughs> I don't know who Gail is. You don't know who Gail is. No, Gail is n- neither, like actually. famously known as Oprah's best friend. Okay, Why all do right. we know her f- other than Oprah's best friend? She's <laughs> she, she's an anchor on like one of the news channels okay, okay, too. Yeah, cool. but like Oprah and Gil always together, but they they have a different friendship.
0: Okay. than than Oprah has with all of the people. You know, that love I, her. I was thinking more like Taylor Swift and like Blake Lively.
1: Oh, We're getting two thumbs up you know, from. We we'll explain it for the people who are older they're that don't just, understand. They're just like this.
0: good friends. Like I mean, okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm about to do it, but like basically, you know, uh, if you know anything about Taylor Swift, you know what's happening in her life right now, so, and like, yes. as a friend, you're like, hey, come check out my boyfriend. Come to this game with me because my boyfriend's gonna play. Like Aww. she, con- they're Kelsey. coming. And- <laughs> And they're just like, if you... I'm so sorry for this. I, I know. No, no. Don't no. apologize for talking about Taylor Swift <laughs> on the Bug with Keep the Podcast. No, I, what I mean no. is like the relationship that someone like that famous has, right? With someone like... They're they're being like schoolgirls about the fact that there's a boy that she likes or whatever, right? Whereas like you wouldn't really see that. Like, where do you see that outside of like really close friendship? (laughs) That's true. I mean, that's very very true. I
1: mean, the fact that she's going to Travis Kelsey's game with her, they have a different type of relationship. Just like Krishna and Arjuna have a different type of close relationship. Wait to bring it all. (laughs) You did it. You did it. It was
0: beautiful. I started off. Thank you so much. Thank you for helping me. I I got over... I was like too nervous about saying the wrong thing. So you helped me (laughs) wrap it in a bow. But yeah. Um, Yeah. So basically, I think at the end of the day, Krishna might be like this amazing celebrity, very beyond a celebrity, beyond a Mm -hmm. superhero, beyond anything we can imagine, has all the capacity... But he really wants the close relationship, so he's not going to show everyone his money. Right. He's not going to show everyone his mm. everything. He's going to try to just be a person, and whoever gravitates toward him and wants to be his friend and wants to be sincere, then he's like, okay, let me tell you who I am a little mm-hmm. bit, a little bit at a time, and that's what he's doing here in this I chapter. Love yeah, that. and you know what?
2: Yeah, we're so lucky then to be able to hear of all of these different confidential activities of Krishna. Because here in part of the purport, they say some people just consider him ordinary because they just don't know the confidential activities of Krishna, his different energies. That's literally what we're getting to know, the most intimate aspects. So we don't get mistaken and we can actually, for our own benefit, reconnect with our source. They don't know that, Prabhupada goes into long explanations of what they don't know. They don't know Krishna's body is a symbol of complete knowledge and bliss. That he's the proprietor of everything that be. I can picture Prabhupada very like, Wholeheartedly, passionately—well, <clears throat> no, Prabhupada was pure goodness. But like just uh, passionately, I'm saying in the sense like deeply feeling it in a subtle way. Hey, a yeah, way. Subject, yeah, yeah, subtly, subtly passionate. passionate. <laughs> <laughs> he was subtly passionately writing this and that. He's saying, "Yeah, they don't know that he's the proprietor of everything that be, and that he can award liberation to everyone. And because they don't know, Krishna has so many transcendental qualifications. They deride him, which we learned that earlier. What that means? Nor do they know the appearance of the Supreme Godhead." And in the material world is a manifestation of his itter- internal energy. He is the master of all material energy. And as has been explained, the material energy, although very powerful, is under Krishna's control. And whoever surrenders to him can get out of the control of this material energy. Chamali, Chamali, Chamali. You
1: explain that so passionately. That yeah, great. Yeah. Thank you. So
2: <laughs> passionate. And this was an important point also to emphasize that... If you already accept the premise that, okay, if a soul surrenders to Krishna, we can get out of the influence of material energy, then how can the Supreme Lord, who conducts the whole creation, maintenance and destruction of the world, how can he have a material body if we do accept that if we surrender to him, we're able to get out, you know, so -hmm. it just doesn't line up, you have to then accept that. No, this is just an expansion of his supreme divine nature, you know?
0: Yeah. And there's another part here in the purport that I, I really liked, and it's probably basically talking about the the level of understanding Krishna. So the, he talks about neophyte mm-hmm. devotees, right? Mm-hmm. And neophyte basically just means, um, maybe Shama can help me with the proper definition, but I think it, it means like you're just a student, like new, you're new very devotee. new, right? Yes. Person who is new to a subject, skill or belief. Perfect. So neophyte devotee would be a new devotee. And it says that the neophyte devotee gives more attention to the mm-hmm. deity in the temple than other devotees, mm. because they think that that's where Krishna is, right? But a uh, when you learn more and when you understand Krishna better, a devotee should see that because mm-hmm. Krishna is present in everyone's heart as Paramatma. Mm-hmm then everybody's an embodiment of the temple of the Supreme Lord. Right. And I thought that was really beautifully said. And, and basically it says that because of that, one should properly respect each and everybody Mm. because that's where uh, Krishna lives.
2: Mm -hmm. I just love that.
0: I thought that was really sweet thing. um, And some people might be like, well, you know, if Krishna's everywhere, then why go to the temple as well? And that's really not the Mm -hmm. message either. Right.
2: Mm
0: Um. But it's hard, you know, especially in times of like, like
1: what's happening in the world right now with war and all that stuff. It's hard though, because we as devotees can see each other as, um, as, as, as Christians inside all of us, right? Mm -hmm. Like we as devotees can see that, but people who don't follow this path are like, well, my religion is better than your religion or I deserve this land or blah, 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 blah. Like it's so, it's, it's so hard to get through that and like as devotees watch that and not feel compassionate because like there's just so much struggle over these, these material labels that are just given Mm -hmm. to us and like geographical positions that are, uh, you know what what I'm trying to say?
2: It's just, it's hard. I think you're both saying Sorry. Yeah, yeah, you no, I'm, done, I'm done, yeah. You're both saying two important aspects that go hand in hand. Because Priya, the part you brought up in the poor port is so important about yeah. being able to, yeah, not only see Krishna in the temple but really see Krishna, see everywhere. Krishna everywhere. Not limit him just to the temple because that's not. Then you're missing the point. And then Shama, you brought up the next thing that's complementary about. Everything, that the, the climate, the social, political, everything that's going on in the world right now, people are massacring each other. And this reminds me of something Keisha Swami said, that when you connect to the divine in love, you start to develop the perspective where you see the divine in everything, in everyone. And then you naturally have that connection with everyone. And that's why we exploit people, because we haven't developed that connection with them, because we haven't ourselves developed the connection with the Supreme. Wait, yeah. say that again. So when we exploit people, things, whatever, it's because we don't have a relationship with the Supreme. Because naturally, Mm -hmm. when you have a relationship with the Supreme, you'll start feeling the Supreme within everyone, everything. And you won't uh, feel that you can possibly exploit them because then we know, you know what, if I'm exploiting this person or that thing... It's like as if I'm doing that to Krishna himself, because mm. Krishna seated right in their very own mm. hearts, breathing through them divine guidance and inspiration. And when we develop that perspective, we realize that true divine love is always expanding because we start expanding our, our own awareness of Krishna to everything and everyone and Krishna says then that the beginning of true love is to hear about the beloved. And that's exactly what we're doing here with mm. Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita. And when you start hearing the qualities of divinity, you'll begin to see Krishna or divinity everywhere and see that divinity has always been present in your life and is truly reciprocating with you here and now. That's, that's beautiful. So essentially, are you
1: saying that the deeper our personal relationship to God is the less exploitive we are to other people. Exactly. Because because of our relationship with God, we see God in everything and everyone. Exactly. So the reason why all this stuff is happening in this world is because people don't have a good connection, personal
2: connection to God. A hundred percent. Exactly. Well yeah. said, Jamali.
0: That was good.
2: Well I'm just repeating and, uh, what Yeah. And I, I can hear. say
0: some people might say, Well, I do have a deep connection with God and that's why I do what I do maybe that.
2: though you're misunderstanding i, I was right? gonna
0: say like there is a uh, error in translation <laughs> <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know i don't know totally because lots of
2: i In continue a second but you're bringing up a great point because many people think how can all these wars be fight, fought in god's name and that turns them off of religion overall yeah mm-hmm. but that's not religion it's, that's not deep it's human nature yeah. exactly. human nature is
0: to have uh greed money power land to, yeah all, all stuff, of yeah. these envy mm-hmm. greed all of these qualities and then we'll use anything to get what we want even totally. if it is religion even if it is whatever mm. if you don't have the right connection right if you don't exactly. have exactly the, the qualities of humility kindness on uh, honesty you know cleanliness truthfulness like totally. all of these qualities that actually help you see things beyond when we are greedy and all of these other qualities
2: well exploit like you're saying uh, 100% it is it, true what you're saying we need to elevate our consciousness so the the there's no static interference with the message and the message mm. will be able to receive Oof. clearly and that's hard I yeah. think that's hard even for like any of us sitting oh, here, right? Because yeah. we have our own biases and totally. we have our own desires. We have a lot of static interference <laughs> yeah. with my connection with the God. And that's why the more we know about someone, the more we hear about someone, the more we'll be able to purely give our hearts and minds and reciprocate in that relationship of love. And then we'll be able to, all of a sudden, it's like we're removing the film that clogged our senses, fogged us over and and diluted our actions from pure goodness. And we'll all of a sudden be able to be like, oh my God, Krishna is everywhere. And that'll give us pause. The next time we might do a little something that we know doesn't feel right, that might really hurt someone, we'll be like, wait, there might be a gap between the stimulus and the response. And we'll be able to see Krishna there. And would I do that to Krishna? No. Mm. And then you that'll prevent you from hurting others. Beautiful. I have a question for you guys, mm. both of you. Like, I love okay. it. Okay. Because
0: right? I think... It, it, Hypothetically speaking, what we're saying sounds wonderful, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. it's great. <laughs> Theoretically, it's fantastic. <laughs> but let's say that you've encountered someone who has behaved in a certain way that makes you feel bad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. What? How do you see Krishna in them? Mm. Oh well, go ahead. Can I say oh, yeah. the first thing yeah. that comes
2: to my mind? Because. Two things. First of all, I think if someone treats you badly and we know Krishna's in their heart, it's not that, oh, Krishna in them is treating me badly. No, no. The human is covered over. They themselves haven't developed pure consciousness because let's say any of our spiritual masters who are purely connected, they're not going to mistreat us in a way that we don't deserve. But but with or that said... In any way. Or in any way. Right. Mm. But with that said, everybody... Uh, And I think I might've mentioned this before, every person and interaction and moment in our life brings about a different flavor within ourselves to show us or to highlight what areas of ourselves can grow, can uh, evolve. And let's say someone does something that ruffles our feathers, Mm -hmm. we can then really sit with that, okay, what is this negative emotion within me trying to tell me? You know, even if that person is wrong and they actually did something malicious towards you, what if it isn't something malicious? What if okay.
0: something they just did, it just, it just made you feel bad? Right. Mm. Because okay. I think a lot of people, oh, you have something? Yeah, yeah, say? yeah. but I don't
2: want to cut just you off Just to that. wrap it up, I think if they did something to hurt your feelings, I would start thinking, I would first try to turn the mirror to myself and see, okay... What within me is being bothered or hurt or whatever right now? What what aspect within me is this triggering? And can I learn something from that? If it really is absolutely nothing I did wrong and 100% on the person, whatever the scenario is, then I would think, okay, at the very least, this person is here to treat or to teach me tolerance and humility, mm-hmm. you know, at the very least. And then from there, you can maybe add on, oh, maybe I did X, Y, or Z. I could have improved in that interaction, you know, but at the very least... This person is providentially placed in my life to teach me tolerance and humility. Providentially. Yeah. Nice. And we all have, we all have those interactions that, good God, they're so annoying. That person that you're like, oh, yeah. she's <laughs> saying oh, Yeah, yeah. That's Om. funny.
1: Um, so like, for instance, like something that happened to me maybe like six months ago where it's, okay where I was like, driving and we all live in Los Angeles and Los Angeles drivers are literally the worst drivers oh, I ever. Agree. My They're, sister
2: gets such road rage and right? I'm like,
1: chillax, dude. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of road rage on these yeah. streets, right? It's very mode of passion on the LA highways. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> so I was trying to merge into a lane to get into the highway and I didn't think I was doing anything abrasive. I think I was pretty calm, but the guy kept inching in. So I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't merge in, right? right.
2: My sister so- hates when she says LA has such foolish drivers. Like when people do stuff like it's that. It's true.
1: It's like like yeah. dude, I'm I'm about to hit a wall. Like, just let me in. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And so I got in front by just like putting my nose in there. And then this guy got so mad. He was literally like honking. And he followed me for like a good <gasps> oh maybe like maybe like a good thirty seconds of just like tailgating <sighs> me. And then he passed me and then he gave me the finger. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, no. oh boy. And like in that moment, you feel hurt. You're like, oh my God, I literally did nothing wrong except for like, I probably just merged a little too late, you know? And like, and like, but then I thought about it. I was like, wow, I feel bad for that particular soul for, for this tiny little instance to bring you this much Mm -hmm. anger. Mm -hmm. Like I just pray for your soul and I pray Mm -hmm. for your journey and I hope you have a good relationship with God. That, that, all of that came like five minutes after, cause I was stewing in my anger for <laughs> right. like five minutes and I was like, yeah. I should have gave him the finger to it, but uh, he's gone right. and now I'm just going to be, n-. And I was like, should I even do that? I'm like, I don't right. even do that. you know. What I mean? So like I was stewing for like a good five minutes and then you stop and you reflect and you're like, Oh my God, like I kind of feel bad for that person. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, there's so much it's like you know you've heard that saying like hurt people hurt other people uh, right? and essentially that's what it is like we're walking through this world and like the anxiety rates are crazy the depression rates are crazy there's so much happening with mental health especially with young kids especially with like mm-hmm. people our age too like there's so much happening that hurt people need a place to her place their their hurt for other mm-hmm. people and as devotees, we need to be compassionate towards that. Exactly. We can't fall into that same loop of like hurting other people because we
0: know better. And <sighs> how do we do that? It's I love it. strengthen our own relationship with Krishna. Right. Oh my God. So one of our friends, uh, he said something to me that I always remember. It was really sweet. He said, uh, we're always asking for mercy when we do something wrong, but we're seldom willing to give mercy to others when they do wrong to totally. us. Totally. You
2: know what, in other words, Keisha Swami said that saying, we're, we're judges for our own actions, but lawyers to others. Oof. Can yeah. you repeat that one no, more no. time? No, no, judges yes. for others, lawyers to our own actions. Wait, no, Sorry. you.
1: Sorry. <laughs> I just want to embody that because I like even thinking about that guy, I was just like got me angry again, but it's like oh. it's like because you think about it and you're like, oh, I remember that, but you also need to remember the
0: compassion side of it. So what it's, you said was
1: so beautiful. Yeah,
0: he said, he said to me, uh, he said, we we uh often seek mercy when we do something wrong mm. and we seldom think to give mercy to others when they right. do wrong to us Oof, right and it's it's not easy right because you you have to do a little bit of what you both said right yeah. you have to one Put yourself in the other person's shoes to understand their position. And you have to, I I actually read this quote and I'm trying to remember, but I don't remember precisely, but it was Bhakti Swami, which is another guru. And he has these beautiful quotes about community and Mm. relationships and love. And it's just beautiful quotes. Um, And one of them was basically, there's two that I Mm. want to mention, but one of them was basically saying, um, oh my gosh, my brain just, it went away. Bhakti Swami from South
1: Africa, correct? Yes. And he was talking about community, Right. What was the thing we were just talking we were about? Just talking you were about so saying mercy. compassion and mercy Compassion and, and mercy.
2: You know what? Let me interject one thing while you I try and, and remember. I will not come back. Okay. Basically what you had said <laughs> about forever. compassion and mercy was literally what this whole class Kesha Swami was giving because the whole analogy about lawyer and, and, and judge is that, that we're uh, judges to others actions because mm. we harshly criticize them and we're lawyers for our own actions because we always like, no, but defend, this defend, defend. right? So, so that's exactly, in other words, what you're saying. And it's so mm-hmm. important to remember, keep that mindset.
1: Yeah. And you know what? It's like when you said like being a lawyer, it's like our own ego mm-hmm. plays the yeah, defensive, totally. you know, it's like, how could that person do it to me? Like we're mm-hmm. so quick to Use our like our ego plays this game with us 100%. where it's like oh my god I can't believe that 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 person did that to you is that is that what mm-hmm. you're gonna do are you gonna take it like that mm-hmm. like what are you gonna do about it you know mm-hmm. but it's like we need to push that ego out of mm-hmm. it
0: and like give mercy right? I remembered. Yes, there wow. we go. I, it. There was we go. T- I was talking to Sam a John. <laughs> no, yeah. Okay, Perfect. so the, the quote was, when there is a situation that arises, and I'm not quoting it perfectly, but it was basically saying that you should blame yourself first, mm. because mm. we're often defensive. We're mm. often saying, and not to say that you actually are to blame, but it will give you the time to reflect and understand. Mm-hmm. So I was basically combining what you both said, because one, you got to see other people's perspectives. But right. the first thing is maybe say, did I have something to do in this? Right. Was there yeah. something that I could have done better for the future to not right. create the situation? And also let me understand their position right? right and like that combination of the two like actually gives us the most growth because mm-hmm. we're analyzing ourselves and perceiving somebody else mm-hmm. it's right. as human beings we have a tendency to be self-centered totally <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah and so to be able to recognize when we've made mistakes and to be able to recognize just another person's experience yeah. is a
2: powerful tool for growth absolutely and i think what you said is important priya about understanding their perspective because i my undergrad was in communications and i always it's with me, the circular model of communication that's not just about putting out the message, but also being able to clearly receive it. So if I'm ever, not just when I'm bothered in all the cases, but now we're talking about if you're hurt by someone else, if I'm ever hurt by someone else, I try to repeat back, can I, did I really understand what they said or did I think I understood it in my warped vision of it? And if I d- think I understand it, I repeat it back. Like before getting upset, I asked the person, Oh, did you mean blah, blah, blah? and they have a chance to then tell me really what they meant. And then I start an open conversation about it. If it's worth it, you I first try and sit with it, like, okay, is this really just my ego? What is this in me that's hurt? Mm. If it's something actually that like, no, this is a relationship I want to build in my life, and it does hurt me. I want to talk about it. Then, okay, if it's worth it, then bring it up and try to seek understanding of what they meant. Is there something there? You know, mm-hmm. I think I really believe in the power of communication and you can really work through things. And I think before you approach something, you should think, okay, what are my motives in this? Is it to deepen the relationship? Is it to improve or is it just to point out things and hurt yeah. them? Will that derail their progress? Mm-hmm. Am I the right person, number two, to say this message to them or will they be more receptive from someone else? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things you I need love to that. try to. Consider. I have a very similar thought. Like I think yeah. the same way. So I, I appreciate that. That's
0: a cool thought. Yeah. And then I want to uh, give an aspirational quote.
2: Yeah. Uh, from Bhakti
0: Tirta Swami. Yeah. Okay. So he says. Think of the person you love the most and aspire to treat everyone with that same quality of love. Ooh. Hmm. That is aspirational.
1: Aspirational <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna try our best on that oh, one. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> A little bit out of time. I All
2: right, just that. I don't wanna
1: go too far away from the yes, verse. Yes, is there yes, anything yes.
2: else? Because there's it's one just, last part yeah. I like from it. Two last parts, sorry, Mm -hmm. two last parts. One of them is that um, when Prabhupada's talking about how people can't conceive that Krishna, the Supreme, appears just like an ordinary man, how can he be the controller of all the atoms and of the gigantic manifestation of the universal form? He says people just don't get... The biggest and the minutest are beyond their conceptions. And I thought, oh, biggest and minutest. I like that. So he's basically saying people can't imagine that a form of a human being can simultaneously control the infinite and the minute. And that although Krishna is controlling the infinite and the finite, he is apart from all this manifestation. So I just thought, yeah, Krishna, while being in his human form, is still keeping tabs on the biggest, biggest, biggest creation out there to the smallest. The littlest, littlest, smallest. littlest, 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 <laughs> littlest, littlest, littlest. <laughs> 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 and I just thought that was really nice. That is beautiful. And then one more you had. One more. Uh, basically in the Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, when the sages held by Shanaka inquire about the activities of whoa, Krishna. Whoa. What? Okay, the <laughs> Shanaka was a different, uh, let's say a different saintly person. Okay. And, cool. and a lot of sages are inquiring about, oh, tell us what are the activities of Krishna? They're wanting to hear more. They're wanting to- So in this other book. In this other spiritual book, that's very uh, the, uh, similar to the Bhagavad Gita. It's- it's in Conversational. Our, yeah, it's conversational. It's another one in the path of Bhakti. Who knows? Maybe when, when we're done the Gita, at some point we'll tackle that. Be Bhagavatam? Decided. Oh, it's the wisdom of the sages. They're exactly. doing Exactly, the so shout out to wisdom of the sages Woo-hoo! if you don't know who they are. Another awesome pioneers of Bhakti Yoga podcast. We love them. check them out. <laughs> anyway, yes. so in the Shrimad Bhagavatam, basically these sages are asking uh, Shanaka about, okay, tell us about Krishna. And basically there's a really nice description that says, Lord Sri Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, along with Balaram, his older brother in the spiritual world, they play like human beings. And so masked, he, Krishna, performed many superhuman acts. The Lord's appearance as a man bewilders us. But no human being could perform the wonderful acts that Krishna has performed while he was present on the earth. When Krishna appeared before his father and mother, Vasudeva and Devaki, he appeared with actually, you know, his forehand form as Vishnu. But after the prayers of the parents, because they really, they were saintly beings that prayed to have Krishna in the form as a son, he was able to, with his powers, with his supreme powers, he transformed himself into an ordinary child. And as the Bhagavatam says, he became just like an ordinary little kid, an ordinary human being. So here again, it indicates that Krishna's appearance as an ordinary human is just, and I like this, it's just one of his features of his transcendental body that he can kind of turn on and off, you know, just another ability. And again, in the Bhagavad Gita, when Arjuna prays to see Krishna's four-handed form, boom, he reveals that, but then he withdraws it again because Arjuna was kind of terrified. So I like that it's a a form that he can turn on and off. It's within him and one of the features of his transcendental body. I just really like that. Wax on, wax off. He's capable of anything. Yeah,
1: Ooh, love it. All right, chapter nine, text number twelve, Sangita. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> She's like, we're moving on from this text, and it's my
0: turn, and I'm gonna tell myself, and it's my turn, and then I'm gonna go. <laughs> okay, so that's gonna be great.
1: You guys, Sangita. Okay, so this is Krishna speaking. Those who are thus bewildered are attracted by demonic and atheistic views. In that deluded condition, their hopes for liberation, their fruit of activities, and their culture of knowledge are all defeated. Mm. So we talked about this a little bit before, right? When Krishna talks about atheists,
2: atheists. Yeah, we talked about different reasons. Like, yeah, there might be here in the purport, he's kind of saying there's many devotees who assume themselves. We think we're Krishna conscious and doing devotional service, but deep in our hearts, how deep are we really accepting Krishna as the personality of God and as the absolute truth? Are we really wholeheartedly embracing that Mm. so it's not doesn't mean we're demons ourselves but we just can look into our own hearts and think are there walls still up or how deeply are we accepting this as truth Uh,
0: when I read the the poor poor uh sorry no the text I thought it was talking about like the so you know like if we're talking about those people that were like oh Krishna lifted a hill and they're like yeah right
2: those people right too also I think
0: the kind of non-believers and and if they're if that's the mindset, how could you ever have understanding of right. Krishna? Mm-hmm. If you're always
2: dismissive, how could you understand, right. right? I think Prabhupada's addressing all the people, all the oh, variety, okay. right? Because that's one type of devotee he mentions in the purport, gotcha. how deeply are you accepting? Then he says, similarly, there's other people who are engaged in fruitist, pious activities. They're doing good welfare charity, but who ultimately they're just hoping to get free, liberated from the material entanglement, they're not going to be successful either in trying to really deeply accept Krishna. And then he lists another category of mental speculators who try to arrive to the absolute truth, but they just arrive at false conclusions that ordinary living entities in Krishna are one and the same. So then with this false conviction, we think that, okay, we have the body of a human being now, and that's a covering uh, by material nature. But as soon as we get liberated from this material body, we'll basically be as good as God himself. Uh. And there's no difference. And Mm. my God, there's a huge difference. We're a a part and a parcel. We're like a little droplet, but we're not the ocean entirely. You know, so he's listing different categories of like, try not to become bewildered. I think it's a key word because Mm. there's so many ways to become bewildered on this path. If you don't have the right guidance, you might read this Krishna's in us and all of us and a sudden think, I am Krishna. You know, it all makes sense. I'm God. <laughs> I'm enlightened. It I- was me the whole time. <laughs> I just knew it. <laughs> yeah. Duh. So mom, my mom told me. So I was special. Was Christian's saying
1: that if you are attracted to atheism, you have no hope for gaining more knowledge, and
0: ergo, you have no hope for liberation. Well, makes yeah, sense. Uh, Ooh, right? Yeah. No, it is. It is what it, I mean. I think it's what. Um, and if you if you continue to be uh-huh. in that deluded condition, exactly. Right. Because like hmm. if you if you're an atheist and you have uh, exposure to other perspectives and you're there like, start considering there, there is hope I would think, but you know what, right. I, I heard this video, um, I watched this video, not heard, I watched <laughs> this video, <laughs> <wasn't it>. maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I watched this video between an atheist and a religious man and, um, yeah. And the atheist was saying, I don't understand what you don't understand. He said, I'm an atheist, Right you're a religious man you're a religious man and you believe that there is one god but what about all the other 900, nine hundred nine thousand whatever millions of gods other people believe in you're basically saying that they don't exist and only yours does mm. and he said as an atheist i just believe one more than yours one more than you do does not exist because i believe all the nine thousand that you don't believe exist are not there and i also don't believe yours is there
2: Oh, oh, wow. wow! Right, and I
0: thought, wow, what a That's interesting a good argument. <laughs> That's a very good argument for him, like how he perceives the world. But I was just going to say that I'm so grateful to Krishna consciousness right. because we, in this philosophy, in this bhakti. Uh, Philosophy. We are not about dismissing uh, dismissing any other perspective because we understand that Krishna is one and many at the same time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, that Krishna is Buddha. That Krishna is all these. uh, Mm -hmm. There's many names for Krishna, and we are not. Oh, we're not better than everyone else, and you know, like we Mm -hmm. have an understanding of that is community-like, that is inclusive. Mm -hmm. Those are just
2: other features of his transcendental body. He can cater to the individual's desires of him and he appears in the form that they connect with.
0: So I was just thinking about myself being yeah. in the position of talking to that atheist and being like, well, actually, actually, <laughs> I believe my, my God says all gods are the same. Right, so, right. Oh, 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 oh. I <laughs> yeah, no, you, 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 schooled him there <laughs> in my mind. No, just I mean, not none, none need to school them. Just appreciation for the Bhakti philosophy. Right, yep. right. Anything else
1: before we wrap up? No, that's it. Beautiful. All right. We will continue next episode with
0: chapter nine.
1: Text number two, thirteen. See 13. 13. 13. <laughs> you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.